All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Fifth? You had Connor McDavid fifth? Let's get into it with the lead. Uh, welcome into Oilers Nation every day. Another live on the road edition of the show. Shout out to AMA Travel for getting us down here and letting us bring the Sports Closet Studio on the road. Tyler Yaramchuk, he is Jason Greger and his appearances this week. He's joining us all week are for Papa John's and The Brick. The Brick proudly serving Canada since 1971 coast-to-coast, as well as a 100% Canadian-owned operated company. They're proud to support Canadian furniture manufacturers and showcase their best products throughout their 200 stores across the country. You can find out more by visiting your local brick store. Gregor, how did you handle... uh, It felt like our first real night in Nashville last night. Probably not as well as I would like, Tyler. (laughs) I'm not going to lie. You know what? Hey, uh, work hard, play hard. So I'm uh, probably played a little too hard, but uh, I'm here. And you know what? It's uh, it's good. I, I know. I just want to say order fans. How many hard trophies did Wayne Gretzky win? Do you know which one he was unanimous? Don't get that upset. It does not matter. Okay. Gretzky won one heart trophy unanimously. 1982. Mm-hmm. Connor McDavid won a heart trophy unanimously in 2021. It's fine. You don't need to freak out. Oh my God, Seth Roba. Who cares? <laughs> Did McDavid win? Yes. Did he win handily? And a discussion. Like I, I think the 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 people really caring about it. I don't understand why. Who cares? One guy is allowed to have a different opinion. Mm-hmm. You can disagree with it. David Pasternak had a pretty damn good year. Yeah, on the greatest regular season team of all time. Yeah. So you know what? If he gets one vote, whatever. Do you do you know? That Wayne Gretzky, one year, 
he actually wasn't even on a ballot. There were 63 votes. And someone left him totally off. Wasn't even on. And now, back then, there was only a top three. Okay. And he wasn't even on. He got 60 first place votes. He won handily. Yeah. But he wasn't on someone's ballot. I don't know who, because back then it wasn't public. But the point is, it doesn't matter. The only thing for me is, one, writers all know that these are going to be public after. Yeah, yeah. I, I just look at it a little bit like, are you doing it because or are you doing it because you want to be trending? Uh, that's the only reason yeah. that I don't know Seth personally. But, but, but all, outside so. of Edmonton, I'll tell you, no one in, no one in San Jose, yeah. right? No one in Florida is like, oh, I can't believe McDavid wasn't unanimous. It's only order fans. <laughs> so does Seth Rohrbaugh, is it going to benefit him to be trending in Edmonton? I don't know. I, I honestly, I just think it's, there's a lot of outrage for it and I don't think it's needed. Fair enough. Uh, we have a loaded show live on the Oilers Nation YouTube where the first comment of the day goes to Chris Ward, who said Frank announced Seth Rorobah's prison sentence. So, Chris, that's hilarious. I will give you the last word on that. We will move on. There is a lot to get to, like I said. But first, that was my first time experiencing the NHL awards in person. I thought there were some really good moments mixed in there. I thought Connor McDavid was kind of funny doing his little back and forth with Biz. I thought Jim Montgomery's speech, accepting the Jack Adams, was very, very good. And also... Uh, big, big shout out to the NHL for pulling off the surprise with the Stelters showing up for uh, Connor's Hart Trophy as well. I thought that was a really neat moment. It was cool to be in the building for that. I've never been to the uh, NHL awards because usually it's in a different city than yeah. the draft. So, uh, you know what? And hey, we, we lucked out. We had like, what, we were row 11 or 12. I don't know what it was on the floor. It was great seats. And you know what? That's like the first real big award show I've ever been to. I enjoyed it. It, it was fun. And you know what? The, there might have been, some would say, hey, it drug on a little bit too long with some of the uh, performances, but you're in Nashville. Of course, you, you're going to mix sports and music together it, it makes perfect sense and uh, i had no issues with it at all i agree with you on montgomery you know biz nasty's character man biz is a very yeah. funny guy uh you know we, we had a few beers uh, him and i uh, last night so it's a lot of fun he's he's a good dude he's a really like he's an authentic personality yeah. like what you see on camera is what you get off of it he's oh, just, you know he's yeah. uh he's you know he's always going 100 uh, miles an hour and you know, he's a funny guy. Like he has lots of good chirps. You know, he can, he can take jokes. He likes to rib it out to guys. And, and obviously they raised, I think it was 20 grand for the, uh, the Stelter uh, yep. foundation. So a uh, big win overall. And um, you know, the, the only surprise to me actually was that, that Maddie Beneers won so handily that for the, uh, the rookie, because I'm a voter and, and I, I told people my votes, I had powers one Skinner two, Beneers three. I looked at Beneers numbers. Like he had a good season. But his second half was was very below average, to be honest. Yeah. Right? I, I shouldn't say below average. Probably very average for a rookie. It was good. Like it would have been on pace for forty some points, uh, sixteen goals, decent year. Mm -hmm. Owen Power, you go look at Owen Power's numbers, man. For a defenseman, like you got to go back to Drew Doughty as a rookie in 09, when you have when you're playing almost twenty four minutes a night. When he was on the ice, the Sabres, who aren't a, a great team, were plus 17, five on five. And when he was off, they were minus 24. Like, yeah. that's that's a pretty big impact for a guy who was playing a lot of minutes. And, and I'll tell you right now, like, if I had to pick, like, I think Stu Skinner's got, like, I think both Skinner and Power, when we talk in five years, are going to be more impactful players than Veneers. That's what yeah. I think. But that's not what the award's for. But yeah, I, I thought, you know what, it was... I think some people just sometimes they Beneers' first half was great. And I think he kind of once uh, you get the narrative, yeah. it's hard to almost reverse it later in the year. Right. Yeah. You see that with awards like the Selkie, like Selkie was an absolute runaway because 
I mean, even if there were voters who were like, I don't watch a ton of Bruins hockey, I'm just going to get the But I looked at all of his numbers, though. Like, when I, when I vote, I don't, I try to ignore, I don't read anybody else's. I want my vote to be for me personally and my own. And so I do all my own research. I don't ask, like, sometimes I'll talk to players about, uh, um, you know, just get their thoughts on certain awards. Yeah. Just to say, hey, you know, what do you think of this guy? What do you think of that guy? I don't say, hey, I'm voting. I just ask them what they think of them. Yeah. Um, but to me, I never start compiling my vote until the last week of the regular season, because now I've got 95% of the season done. Mm-hmm. And I look at the whole compiled. If you have a great finish, you have a great start. That's awesome. But what's your whole season like? And, you know, Matty Beneers had the 13th most points for a rookie since 2016, like decent, yeah. but he wasn't a dominant. Like I didn't think he was a dominant rookie to win as going away as he did. Yeah, I, I agree with you on that one as well. All right, we're going to move on from the awards talk um, after. The NHL threw a little after party uh, down just away from the rink. And it was hilarious to see the look on Jay Downton's face when he walked in. I ordered a drink, Jay ordered a drink. Then he pulled out his credit card and went, hey, I'll, I'll start a tab. And the lady goes, oh no, it's all on the NHL tonight. And that is why we're feeling a little groggy today. It's the NHL's fault, not ours, Greg. It's true. <laughs> it's very true. I, bl- I, bl- I blame Gary Bettman. Okay, we got some breaking news coming in right now on the show. So we are going to move on to the Papa John's news desk. It is Terrific Tuesday, which means you can get 50% off all orders at Papa John's. All order, baby. Just put in the code word Terrific before your order. 50% off. It's unreal. PapaJohns.ca. You can see it right here on your screen. Breaking news right now, Gregor. The Colorado Avalanche and Montreal Canadiens have made a move. Alex Newhook is going to the Habs Mm. in exchange for picks 31 and 37. So a first and a second rounder. Uh, The Montreal Canadiens picking up some center depth. You know what this tells me? They are out on Pierre-Luc Dubois. Colorado or Montreal. Montreal is, is, yeah. Yeah, you know what? That's probably, well, yeah. Like, that's an interesting one for me. I I look at Colorado. I think this means Colorado is getting JT Comfort is what I see. This, oh, that's right? a that's I feel this is they're like, hey, we want our guy. Now they're gonna run with uh, you know, him down the middle with McKinnon and yeah. Johansson. So Alex Newhook was a pending or is a pending RFA. Uh no Arbrights there though, but Colorado again would have needed to give him a good raise off his ELC, 22-year-old centerman. And for the Canadians, I mean, I kind of like the way Montreal's been handling this rebuild so far. They have a couple of veterans still in that lineup, but you go Suzuki, you're going to get Slavkovsky next year. We'll see what he can do in his second year. Hopefully he's healthy. Cole Caulfield in that group. You add in new hook. You got Kirby Doc last year. Like they got the pieces coming together here in Montreal. Yeah. My only concern is Suzuki, Caulfield, and new hook. They're all pretty small. And yeah, like new hooks, what? Five, 10. Like you- I know people will say size doesn't matter, except it does matter. Mm-hmm. When it gets to the playoffs and all the teams are pretty even in skill and you got a bunch of five foot 10 guys and the other team's got a bunch of six foot two guys. Well, guess what? On average, you're at a disadvantage. Yep. And so this is it's kind of an interesting trade for me. I, I like it. I like it more probably for Colorado. Um, you know, new hook you mentioned is a young guy, but he's on, on a team that's a championship caliber team. He's a third line player. Yeah, that's fair. And there's nothing wrong with third line players, but that's kind of what he is. So, um, you know, Montreal, what did Two, you say? 31 and 37. So a late a first and an early second. Like, yeah. I actually, I, if I have to do an early analysis, I kind of like this deal more for Colorado. Interesting. I, 
obviously getting some financial flexibility potentially with not having to re-sign uh, Alex Newhook. With Landeskog on the LTIR, the Avs could have about $15.5 million in cap space, but they only have seven forwards under contract yeah. next season. They got to sign a guy like Bowen Byram, I'm just looking at. And obviously, JT Comfort pretty high up on that list. They made the deal for Johansson, and the question was kind of like, oh, is Colorado looking at Johansson as their Lars Eller replacement? or their JT comp for replacement. Maybe this tells us it was more towards the other thing. And they're hoping to bring back a uh, comp for Tyler Mulek says Colorado maybe flips those picks question mark. Yeah. Maybe it's not a comp for thing. Maybe they're working on, maybe they're working on a secondary deal as well. Potentially. Um, you know, Joe Sackick, I give him credit, man. And it was funny. We saw him at the airport. Yeah, we did. Um, and we I, saw him. We've seen Joe Sackick like three or four times already on the yeah. trip. Cause he was with us. Welcome back. I, uh, I look at Colorado and there's a team that's still highly competitive, mm-hmm. but it's like, Hey, let's, let's get a few picks in here. We'll make some picks. Now, maybe they trade those later on, right. To the, either pick or the actual player that they take for, for more things down the road. But you know, this is, I just think here's a sign from a, a caliber top end team that's saying, Hey, Alex, Newhook, we like you, but we don't think you're the answer for what we're doing moving forward because I think in Montreal, he can play in their top six. Yeah. But on a cup contending team, I don't think he's a top six player today. And I'm not sold he will be on a cup contender moving forward. Yeah. Uh, Taves to Edmonton says they got a little bit of size with Slavkovsky, Doc, and Arbor Jack guy as well. Wi-Fi. Um, yeah, I mean, they, they do. I think that's fair. But down the middle, yeah. I worry that maybe they're building a little Dude. bit just to make the playoffs, not to win the playoffs. Okay, you know? so he said Kirby Doc. Yeah. You know, why, why? Yes, but we don't even know how good Slavkovsky is yet. He's a 19-year-old player. Like, look, yeah. I just say, look at the Oilers. I, and Oiler fans. I talked about this. And Oiler fans used to be like, oh, no, you don't need size. Oh, really? Drysaddle, McDavid, Kane. Hyman. And then look at the size of the Oilers' blue line. Trust me, Montreal, they got three, three of their more skilled forwards mm-hmm. are like five, 10 and under. I'm telling you, it is not a recipe for success. If show me a team that's done it. That's all I ask. Show me the team. Look at Colorado's forwards. Nichushkin, huge. Landis Gog, Rantanen, huge. McKinnon, absolute beast. Who is, who is small on their team? Sam Gerrard. Guess what? Yeah, I know. Played seven games. Wasn't, wasn't in, when they won the cup. Was Sam Gerrard in the lineup? No, he was not. They had Kale McCarr, who's a freak of nature. Doesn't mean you can't have one or two, but you can't. Like Montreal's got Caulfield, Suzuki, and Newhook. I'm telling you. Sorry, Habs fans. This is uh, this is not building to, to being a winning team, in my humble opinion. Uh, it's not exactly breaking news. I think it was reported last week, but Brad Tree Living confirms Sheldon Keefe will be back behind the bench with the Toronto Maple Leafs. Not a stunner there. But how about this one from Cam Neely? The Bruins are operating under the assumption that they will be without both Patrice Bergeron and David Krejci next season. They got rid of Taylor Hall and everyone went, oh, this is just, they got their money for Bertuzzi now. I'm sorry. They got to spend that money down the middle. But who? JT Comfer? Like, honestly, there's, I don't not, know what you do. there's not a lot of centers available in the free agent market right now. So I'm like, you know, they got rid of Taylor Hall, but like Taylor Hall was a top six forward on their team. Now they're getting rid of Krejci and Bergeron. There's half of your top six gone. And they were both on value deals last season. And they would have been if they came back again this year. And now you talk about having to replace them at market value. Like, I mean, you're not going to replace Patrice Bergeron, but like 
trying to fill those holes in your lineup at market value is. That is going to be a tough, tough task for Cam Neely and Don Sweeney out in Boston. Uh, the other piece of news, Darren Drager has some reports that, uh, yeah, he just said this is the move Montreal is making when it's uh, because it's clear PLD's focused on L.A. Sounds like it's going to be an eight-year extension, according to Drager, for PLD in L.A. So, And, and speaking of L.A., here's the names I'm hearing if that trade comes to fruition. Gabe Villar, Aya Follow, and Kupari. So basically their entire third line. An entire third line of like quality. Aya Follow's 30, but like Kupari's young. Villardi's young. Those yes. are good gets for the Jets. Yeah, like if, if they get all three of those players, man, I was just like, wow, that is... I, I'm not... Like their third line is pretty good. Mm-hmm. All right? And so they're going to have... They got really good center depth. But is Dubois a number one center? That's going to be the question. Maybe, maybe he becomes one. But I, I look to date, if he's a one number one center, he's definitely a low end number mm-hmm. one center. He'd probably be a very high number two center. Uh, what's going on in the chat? Brian Wood says Mark Shifley will be a Bruin. Um, I, I mean, for I, what though? What are you going to get? Like, who do the what do the Bruins have? They got now they got blue liners. That's the one thing they have in abundance of. They got a very good blue line. They don't have a first round pick for the next two years. They don't have a second round pick for the next three years. And they're sitting here with $10.9 million in cap space and only one, two, three, four, five, six forward signs. So Mike Riley buyout, that seems likely at this point, if they don't find a way to just dump them for free, maybe they move on from some more money on that back end as well. A guy like Derek Forbert. Now here's one guy as a, as a free agent center, Ryan O'Reilly could replace Patrice Bergeron. Oh, uh, that, that makes sense. Actually. Yeah. Veteran guy, yeah. defense first kind of thing. He'd mm-hmm. slide into that lineup. nicely. I wonder what they'd end up having to pay him though. Well, he's definitely going to, you know, his 7.5 million happening. So I uh, like, like O'Reilly only played 50 games last year. Right? Yeah. What do you have? Like 30 points? I think it was. So, um, I think if you were, if you were looking to replace Patrice Bergeron, I'm not sure there's a better option as far as a very close, similar style player yeah. than Ryan O'Reilly. So Ryan O'Reilly to Boston would make more sense to me than re-signing Bertuzzi if I was the Bruins. If I had a choice, when I look at what is my biggest need? Someone asked in the chat if uh, if maybe Hellebuck's involved in that deal. It doesn't sound like it. Frank today on DFO Live said the market for Hellebuck just it's not really there right now because everyone knows the cost is high and that high cost both cap it wise and asset wise is is throwing things off a little bit. It's preventing teams from really digging into it seriously. So there you go. There's the news desk for uh, our friends at Papa John's. It's Terrific Tuesday. Use the promo code TERRIFIC. Get yourself 50% off at papajohns.ca. A lot going on. I mentioned a bunch of GMs having their media veils today. Cam Neely, president of Hockey Ops, had his as well. Ken Holland spoke to the media today. You were down there and uh, had a chance to throw Ken Holland a couple of questions. This ties in to our Sherwood Ford Giant offseason question of the day. What's going to be the future of Clem Costin? Give me a percent chance Clem Costin's back as the short for giant question of the day. Well, listening to Ken Holland today and, and you know, on the record and then talking to some other people in the organization, I, I, like Clem Costin, I understand it that, hey, Clem Costin would like a raise. And the owners would like to give him a raise, but wouldn't we all? Like the, the concern for Costin is if he go, if he, if the orders qualify him, and I've said this from the, if they qualify him, which would be like 825. Mm-hmm. He files for arbitration. His season in arbitration probably could get him 1.6. Yeah. And Edmonton just, they don't have the cap space 
to do that. It's and I they really like Clem Costin. So, but it comes down to is it a fit? And um, I know originally when they talked about extension, you know, his camp was looking for upwards of one point seven. Yeah. So I don't. I, I think you know them qualifying him is is part of the like Ken Holland basically outlined today. He goes, hey. If we don't qualify him, that's just negotiations, right? Now, keep in mind, Vegas didn't qualify Brett Howden last year. And then they re-signed him like two days later. Yeah. So, you know, part of it is because you're worried about the potential. So they say, hey, clean, we're not going to qualify you for ARB. Now, you are a UFA, but will you on the open market get potentially what an arbitrator would give you? Probably not. So I think that's that's the plan they're going. Um like clean cost. I know like his family, his sister, they're very close. She lives in, in California, like going to the KHL. Like, I don't know why he would do that. I, like, yeah. You know, I know he had a good offer to go over yeah, there. Like and financially, so it's only but, money. Right. And yeah. I get, it. I shouldn't say only money. Money is obviously pretty yep. important, but, um, but if you're costing and, and you've maybe found a home here in Edmonton, like an organization that took a chance on you, let you kind of become an NHL because he really wasn't before this year. I don't know, maybe for you, long-term wise, taking the one or two-year deal here at a slightly lower cap it, that might earn you some more money down the line. 100%. So sometimes you have to look big picture, but it's it's easier when it's if somebody's offering you 2 million bucks a year and you could only make, you know, 1.1. Yeah. Hey, that's double your money. So I never, to me, it's, it's a personal decision for each player and they're going to look and say, hey, and obviously he's Russian. Oh, he's going to be comfortable playing in Russia. Yeah. But, you know, with all the upheaval that's going on right there, like how, how, yeah. How good is it going to be? I have no idea. So um, I would say right now to answer your earlier question about percentage, like clean costs and back in Edmonton, I'd put it at like 35, 35. Yeah. I, I, I was going to say 50, 50 right now. I saw Liam in the chat was asking people the most they'd give them oil fan and Nate both said 1.5 million, Christopher Palmer, 1.25 Sergeant battle, 1.3. Like I think you're pretty much I think I think those people are probably pretty lined up with what Ken Holland's thinking as well. I could see like one and a half kind of being the outer well, I, market. I, I think that's the max. I, yeah. I think they'd rather be around one, to be honest. Yeah. Um, the other two UFAs, a bit of a part two to the short four giant offseason question, are Bukestad and Yanmark. Bukestad, to me, has priced himself out of this team. I just don't see how the yeah, Oilers 17 could goals. Yeah, like he's going to get north of two mil. Probably. And the Oilers can't afford to pay a bottom six or north of two mil. Probably not. No. Like, yeah. Well, they've already got one in Fogel, right? And McLeod's yeah. probably going to come in. I'm going to guess McLeod ends up like between one eight five and two, somewhere around there. Mm-hmm. Um, Bukestad, they'd like him. I just don't think it's feasible financially for him to come back. And Matthias Janmark, I can tell that the orders have given him an offer. It's closer to one million, not the one point two five he made last year. And so now it's just a matter of him deciding does he does he does he want to test? And you know what? Free agency starts on Saturday. If I'm a TSC Anmark, why wouldn't I? Just like Brett Kulak did last year. Brett yep. Kulak tested the market early on the, the, the morning of, and then was like, you know what? There's no better offer than I like in Edmonton. I like it here. But TSC Anmark likes it in Edmonton, mm-hmm. right? Um, Connor McDavid had a discussion with him at the end of the season about uh, returning. So he feels wanted here by the, by his teammates. So I, I think, you know, Yanmark might look and say, geez, if somebody's offered me 1.5, I would go, but if if the only other offer is one point two, and I can get one million in Edmonton, I could see him staying in Edmonton. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um, if you if we had to rank those three players in order of chances they're back, Yanmark most likely, Costin in the middle, Bukestad under Costin. Is yeah, that how you read be, it? That'd be totally yeah. fair. 
All right. Well, drop uh, drop your thoughts on that in the YouTube chat as well. I saw Shazi said, keep all of McLeod, Buke, setting cost in for a good third line. If the salary cap didn't exist, I'm sure you would. Oh, right. Like, I, I mean, that would have resigned already. The Oilers are just in kind of one of those tough situations, like a lot of other teams are. I mean, we just outlined Boston's got to sign like six forwards and they have $10.9 million to do it. And they got to sign Jeremy Swayman. I actually wonder this. I thought about this. I was going to bring it up. What do they do with their goalies? Like Jeremy Swayman could probably get paid a decent amount if he wanted to. RFA with Arbright's had good numbers. You have the reigning Vesna trophy winner now, Linus Almark, who was rocking a on sweet her, suit. Like Almark's on her contract for two more, two years. more years. Yeah. So, so like, do you move Swayman or do you sit there and go, 29-year-old Almark? Maybe you Well, I think what Boston has to to decide is if we're gonna have a two goalie situation, which is fine, then let's have a two goalie situation all year long and not try to run one guy. Um, not saying that yeah. Allmark's the reason they lost that seven game series, but considering he hadn't played more than two games in a row since December, it was you're going against what you did to win all year long. Mm-hmm. Right? You change it. But I, I would think Swayman comes back. Um I think there's value in not overplaying your starter in the regular season. So losing Swayman, are they going to find another goalie that they could comfortably play 35 games? Pretty hard. Yeah. There you go. That is the short for giant offseason question. Only a couple of days left in the month of June. For every test drive out at Sherwood Ford, they're making a donation to the Strathcona Community Hospital Foundation. So head out to Sherwood Ford the Giant. Go hop in the new F-150 Lightning Edition. I think it's cool that it's an all-electric truck with a trunk in the front. That is a neat feature. What? The, yeah, because like there's no engine in the front. So the hood flips up and it's a trunk. There's room in, There's enough room there for a hockey bag when I went out to the dealership and was all looking right. at it. So uh, pretty neat stuff. Sure, for the giant. Uh, all right. AMA Travel Trade Machine time. Shout out to AMA Travel. AMATravel.ca. Originally, I was going to build up the Pierre-Luc Dubois deal and see what we're getting uh-huh. here. It sounds like that. I mean, that could happen by the end of our show, potentially. If it is Velarde, Kapari, and Ayafalo, who's the winner of that deal? But but Dubois locked up for an eight-year deal. So a fully what, signed what's Dubois. His, what's his term? Let's say it's, let's say it's eight by eight. Man, I, if that ends up being the deal. Dubois at eight by eight. I, I, could, I could say... I think that, that that's a win for both sides, mm-hmm. but I quite like it for Winnipeg because you're getting three NHL players. Yeah. And I, I now Grant, I'm high on Velarde. I like Velarde a lot. I think, I think he could be like a perennial 30 goal guy. Oh, there's mid twenties. No question. I think it could be. And you know, I follow is just, you know, he's a good teammate. He's a veteran player. Yeah. Um, he's solid NHLer. You would, uh, you know, he's not a top six in my eyes. I think he's mm-hmm. a really good third liner. So but that's a guy at four million bucks. Like if you use him for a year, or maybe even at like this year's deadline, I could see him having a lot of interest from teams in the sense that four million bucks isn't crazy. If a team could squeeze it in late in the year, the cap goes up next summer, all of a sudden it's a nice contract. Playoff guy, he's gone through a couple of series now for the LA Kings. I could see Iowa follow being a guy that they just flip in like eight months. Potentially. Keep the two 23-year-olds in your lineup if you're yeah. the Jets. And so um I, I like that. I like that deal, but admittedly like Dubois, I wonder, I think there's more juice to squeeze from the orange. If we, if we want to use that analogy for him and, you know, maybe, maybe it gets unlocked in LA. Right. Mm-hmm. So I, I think there's a chance that that deal could work out well for both teams. And, you know, if you're a Jets fan, because it was pretty dire 
going into the start of the offseason. Hellebuck, yeah. Shifley, Dubois, Blake Wheeler, older and stuff. But if, if that's a deal they make, I wonder then what they could get for Shifley. But then you see Kevin Hayes go for only a sixth round pick at 50% retained. Yeah, that's just a salary dump. But with me there, there used to always be this high cost associated with dumping money, right? Like if a team wants to get out of a contract, like you got to pay dearly for it. Think about the Leafs giving up a first for Marlowe, the Flames giving up a first to get rid of Monaghan, the Oilers giving up picks to get rid of Zach Cassian. And in this situation, like the read on it is just difficult for me. But because Kevin Hayes could play. Like, no, he can play. Kevin Hayes can play. Like he's yeah. going to go to St. Louis and probably be like a second line center. And all I'm thinking is him, like if he was a UFA this year, I think he would get more than three and a half million bucks or maybe right around three and a half million bucks. I just can't believe there wasn't a bigger market for a team to offer up more than a sixth round pick. I thought they were going to get like a maybe second for him even just for keeping half the money. Yeah, it's fair. It's totally valid when you when you present it that way that on the free agent market, you're like, okay, three point five mil and I give up a sixth rounder. Like, Mm -hmm. I think that's a really good trade for St. Louis and Philly's going scorched earth. But again, for Philly, all you get is a sixth. Like, why make the trade other than him and Tortorella didn't get along? But I'm like, that's that's not a good enough reason to just eat 3.5 million bucks. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Like, I, I think that's a win. Like, St. Louis, they win that trade all day, every day. And Philly, like, Philly gets nothing. They got a six-round pick. So, and now and they're the, looking at maybe dumping D'Angelo like a, a cap year. Team. Yeah. Like, what? It, so, if you're going scorched earth. My goodness, you got to get something. Like, I'm sorry, but that's a terrible trade for Danny Breer, in my opinion. It's, it's not a sell-off. It's a giveaway right now. Yeah. Like, you're not getting How does that help your organization? You don't get it. Like, okay, we're in scorched earth. Look at Chicago. They went scorched earth. Look how many first rounders, how yep. many second rounders. You got a sixth round pick. Like, that's a terrible trade. I'm mm. sorry. That's a terrible trade for Philly. Uh Catching up on what's going on in the Oilers Nation YouTube, Bagged Milk, very active in there as well. Um, being his usual rascal self, Sam Squatch says, we need Costin's, we need Costin's toughness. We need to sign him now. It's just, it's a cap world, you know? Oil fan, we have so much more flexibility if we can find a way to move Campbell. They're not moving Jack Campbell. What's the rule in the YouTube chat? If you talk about trading Jack Campbell, you get put in a timeout for 300 seconds. You can do that on YouTube. You can stop someone from commenting for 300 seconds. So the rule is if you, you get break, a five minute timeout, yeah, you get a five minute timeout. <laughs> if you bring up a Jack Campbell trade, that's the rule. Cause it's not happening. They're not doing it. Oh, come on. No, like, uh, right here. Jack, here's the good news for, for order fans who are upset about Jack Campbell. Ready to pop the question. The jewelers at blue have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to blue and use promo code. Listen to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code. Listen at blue for $50 off blue code. Listen. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, 
all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Here is my lock of the offseason. <laughs> Jack Campbell will have better numbers next year. Oh, yeah. It's not hard now. Will you not food if he doesn't? Not saying. <laughs> well, like, well, hey, I'm not tired of the time truck. Or, by the way, <clears throat> we do have to talk to Frank on I the know. pod on Thursday. Yep. We do have to talk about the Sean Dursey uh, cat food because I think there's uh, I think there's a strong case that uh, Frank will be joining the Tyler Yaremchuk cat food eating. Basically, if you don't listen to the DFR rundown, first off, you should. Available wherever you get your podcast from. You brought up the idea. You're like, I wonder if LA would trade Dursey. And Frank was like, you are crazy. He's playing top four minutes. I will bet you anything. And then sure as shit, they trade him like two weeks later. Uh, Dangerous Wade's in says NHL GMs are in drunk, silly season. Trades are making no sense. I'm just happy we're getting some news. Another thing that's kind of getting buried a little bit in all these trades uh, came from Elliot Friedman, who says the Anaheim Ducks are not going to qualify Max Comtois. Hey, read orders nation, Ty. I had that three weeks ago. Oh, really? Yes. Yeah. Well, he, he had to be qualified at 2.5 million. Yeah, that's a lot right? of money. And uh, and and I, I put him as a player of the Edmonton orders because when there's guys that don't get qualified, mm-hmm. automatically now you get to buy low. Yep. That's just how it works. And I'm telling you, Max Comtois at a million bucks, sign me up all day, every day. What would be interesting is if you could find, because he's a left shot. Yeah, I don't know if he has the ability to play the right side or not, but he's a left shot, usually plays left wing. If you could find a taker just to take Fogel off your hands and then you bring in Comtois a million bucks, is that is saving the $1.75 million worth the difference in player you're getting? I think it might be a sneaky way to just gain some cap space while keeping some size in. Yeah, well, I'll say, I'll say this, though. There, Fogel has, like, you don't have to... You would get more for Fogel than you would for um Yamamoto. for Hayes. Oh, Hayes. And, and oh, yeah. Yamamoto, for sure. Yeah. Um, he, Warren Fogel, he's probably a little bit overpaid, but there's lots of value for the... You know what you get with Warren Fogel. He was awesome in the last three, four months of the season. And he played the last three, four months of the season with a wrist injury. Huh? Right? He didn't... Uh, um, he basically didn't shoot in practice. Damn. Right, like he, and so I talked. That to, might be why he never scored on his breakaways. <laughs> well, I, you know what's funny is um, he joked about it because when he first injured his wrist, then he scored like three games afterwards, like three goals quickly, and he's just like, "Oh, I guess I should injure my wrist more." <laughs> he's joking, but he played. He had his wrist wrapped up the whole year. Um, you know, I'd seen it one day, and we kind of made a deal because I don't like to talk about injuries if guys are playing through it, and that you kind of have a, like a professional agreement. And so he it didn't require surgery. He thought he would, like he got different opinions through the year. And then they had another uh, MRI at the end of the season and uh, it doesn't require surgery. It's just going to heal. But he basically, I used to watch him practice because I wanted to, I was like, he would come down the wing and he just really wasn't shooting the puck. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, 
you know, and he was, he was always just trying like a little backhand kind of deep, whatever. Yeah. And, uh, and then he was like, yeah, I'm basically saving my shots for games. Only got so many bullets left in the basically, chamber yeah, of the because, year. You know, it was painful. So, yeah. um, now Fogel is, is not like scoring's hard, right? Yes. Like the, the scoring is hard. And, uh, you know, could, could Fogel be a 15, 16, 17 guy? Maybe. Right. He'd obviously love to score in a few more of his breakaways, but he creates chances. I think he's solid defensively. He's not great. But he's not a weak defensive player at all. Um, you're 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 calm to offer a million to replace Fogel in a cap world does make sense. Could yeah. could Max Comtois fill that role? Like Max Comtois plays a little bit of an edge, just like Fogel does. Like they're not they're not clean Coston, but they're also like they don't shy away. Fair. Uh, bag milk is in here. I'm just going to read this to you verbatim. Tyler, ask Gregor the intern when he's finishing that article for me. <laughs> Classic bagged milk. Um, everyone after the debate about my shoes, which never goes away, wants to know what color my shirt is. Is it pink or purple? I think it's like a violet. I think it's a fair way to describe it. Yeah, it's a bold color. Yeah, I would say it's probably more purple than uh, pink for sure. I don't see that as pink at all. Uh, you want to know the, is that mauve? I don't know what mauve is. I'm not that uh, distinguished. Yeah, I think and it might be. You were, you were joking about not feeling great today. My state earlier today, I left my hotel room, went and had br- breakfast with our other intern, Jacob. Uh, went and had breakfast with him. Craig Button was there. said hi to Craig Button. Came all the way here. Uber walked through lobbies. Got set up for a show. And then I go to meet up with Adam Seaborn and Nick Alberg. And they go, hey, man, your shirt's on inside out. Somehow I was wearing a golf shirt inside out, collar up still. <laughs> and I went to like multiple places oh, this morning. Oh my goodness. Jeez. Mixing a water in the morning, eh? Mixing a water <laughs> at night, possibly. Yeah, that's definitely mauve, right? Because it's like a pale purple. Yeah. Okay. There so, you go. There you go. It's it's a mauve Bag milk has no idea what mauve is, but no that's way. what it is. It's an actual color. Uh, oil fences, oil fence timeouts over and says, I can't believe I got muted. You could have explained the rules at the beginning of the show. Well, now, you know, if you're a new listener, you know, not to say trade Jack Campbell, it gets you in trouble. Uh, dangerous way. That is a fantastic thing, man. That's unbelievable. Like, could you, I wish there would have been that on orders nation in the play <laughs> days. Like, cause you notice all the pro play people have yet to admit that they were grossly incorrect and overvaluating him. Remember when he was the best defensive forward on the team? Okay. Remember when people actually believe that? Here's the thing that oh. irritates me a little bit with the debates around those kinds of players, though, is there are a lot of people who are in that camp, and when they're wrong, the fans of Puliyarvi, when they're wrong, they just go, well, he's not being used right. And it's all, it always goes, I always get a chuckle when people say that. Yeah, when a player doesn't do, pan out, and it goes, right. oh, well, this team just ruined him. That's why he wasn't good. Or, mm-hmm. oh, they just don't know how to use him. That's why he's not good. Aaron has the color mauve he can bring on screen if we want. Yeah, you're bang on. You're bang on with that. There you go. Gregor knows his colors. Uh, Let's move along with the show. Get to our Betway other sports report before we hop back into the inbox. Shout out to Betway 19+. plus. Please play responsibly. The Jays kick off a series against the San Francisco Giants tonight. And I believe Kevin Gosman is getting the start in the opener for Toronto. That means it is time to bet on the Kevin Gosman strikeout prop. I like him at 7 or 8 plus Ks. The Jays are big favorites in this game on Betway, though, at minus 170. Plus 115 on the run line is definitely a tempting one. Or, oh, there you go. I found it. I found it, everybody. We're good. We got our bet of the night. Jays to win. Gosman, six plus Ks. Even money on Betway. Uh, you can lock that one. There. Six plus? 
Oh, he seems like a no brainer. Yeah, he's he crushes. Oh, his yeah, yeah. That's an that's I would take that one all day long. Circling back to hockey, Betway also has uh some NHL draft props. Did they have Bedard going first? Yeah, no, they have pulled that one now. But the last I checked when they had it up, you would have had to bet a hundred thousand dollars to win ten dollars. So, I mean, if you, if you have the cash laying around and you need an extra tenner, it's probably easier ways to do it than betting on Connor Bedard going first. The one I like, they have the second, third, and fourth picks in the exact order. Fantilli, two, Carlson, three, Will Smith, four. There's some chatter that the Sharks do like Will Smith at four. I, I, I will, yeah, there is. I will say this. I, I think if Michkov doesn't go in the top five picks, yeah. I, I think it's those teams are going to have. Outside of Chicago, significant regret. Um, yep. I, I talked to a, a few people last night um, at the awards who, who had met with Michkov. Mm-hmm. So you can figure out which teams are meeting. Obviously, he's not meeting yeah. with guys outside of the top 10. It doesn't make much sense. And it's funny how they were almost kind of, oh, geez, you know, he's very impressive. And I really liked him. And I'm kind of like, well, it's almost like they created this, this idea that Mishkov. I don't, it's like they're trying to find reasons not to like him. There's been this like mysterious cloud about him because not a lot. Frank talked about this day on DFO Live. Like, not a lot of people got to see him in person this year and watch him play. And then there was the thing with his dad. And then there's the thing about his contract and all this. To me, you are getting a guy who 12 months ago, this was the Bedard draft, but there was a moment in time it was like, this is the Bedard Mitchkov decision. Yes. We're not that far removed from that. And okay, you won't get him for three years. If you are San Jose or Montreal, are you going to be contending for a Stanley Cup in the next three years? No. You know what's going to be great, though? Three years from now, when you're looking to make a jump into competing, having Matvey Mitchkov score you 35 goals on his ELC for three seasons. Like, even that element of it. One, picks in that range, you outside of the top one or two or whatever, usually need a year in the minors anyways. Sometimes they even need two. What's the problem waiting one more if you get a potential Kirill Kaprizov-level player on his ELC when he's closer to the prime of his career and you're one of these rebuilding teams and maybe you're actually freaking good by then? So think about the 2020 draft, right? So when you think of the 2020 draft, yeah. which players are you like, man, that guy's just been killing it. Tim Stutzel would be one. Yep. Anyone else? Like, I like Lundell, Seth Jarvis. Jarvis is good play, 13th overall pick, yep. right? Right in front of, but think of Alex Lafreniere, right? Three years since he was drafted. And now they're like, oh, why? Rushing 18 year olds to the NHL. Leon Drysettle is a hard trophy winner. Leon Drysettle is, in my eyes, one of the top 100 players of all time. Yep. Leon Drysettle was not ready at 19th. In the NHL at 19. And they tried to force him in. And yeah. it was like, a, no, it won't work. So these teams take, thir- like you have, you know, everybody talks about you have an analytics department. Why don't you just crunch the numbers on draft picks, people? I can tell you the NHL and teenagers rarely mix. Now you have McDavid's, you have Sidney Crosby's. There's a few, no question about it. Right. Look at Nathan McKinnon. Go back and look at his 18, 19 years. Right. Nathan McKinnon yeah. wasn't dominant. It's hard. It's hard to do. So if you get Meechkoff and you don't get him till he's 21, it's unbelievable. Right. Artemi Panarin, you mentioned Kaprizov. Guys, 
they come here, they're in their 20s, you have so much better chance, as you talked about it, Ty, like the bang for your buck on all three years of your ECL, ELC, excuse me, yeah. are, are going to be infinitely higher. And San Jose, even Columbus, like I know Columbus, they probably want a little bit quicker bang for their buck, but don't do it. Don't. I'm sorry. Like, I'm very curious what Pat Verbeek and the Anaheim Ducks do because I like Adam Fantilli. Don't get me wrong. I, I'm yep. not saying it's a bad pick at all, but if you're the Anaheim Ducks and you're, you know, you, you live in a pretty, pretty major market. Yep. Uh, Michkov, and you know, you don't have him for three years. Like they're, Anaheim's in a rebuild still. Also, you never know. That could change too. Two years into yes, that, he could easily, he could easily, you know, and that's the other thing. There's, he might only be two years, which is even better. So yeah. I'm, I'm still, I think there was a prop bet. Um, look at, you look at Betway yeah. on uh, Anaheim. What are, what are the odds Anaheim at number two, Meechkoff at number two? 11 to one. So, you know what? Can you imagine the reaction in that rink if, Anaheim slides up and does that. I don't think Columbus is going to do it at three. We had Yarmo Kekalainen on the DFO rundown, and he said, yeah, we're getting a franchise center yes. at three. And also Kekalainen is a little bit GMing for his job here. Ooh. He can't afford to wait no. two or three years to see if Mitchkov is going to come over and pan out and whatnot. So, yeah, Mitchkov at two. Like San Jose at four? I, I don't see why they right? Like, they're going nowhere. Mm-hmm. Very quick. They've got some veteran guys. You know, Eric Carlson um, obviously would like to get moved. You know, you've got Hurdle and Couture. They've moved out Timo Meyer. Like they're and they don't have a ton of prospects. Eklund, uh, I like actually what he showed last year. Young guy, but I look at San Jose, man, and and if Mike Greer has the the long term vision of where they think that team is going to be, yeah, Michkov. I don't. If the Sharks at number four, to me that would be like Adam Fantilli. Okay, I I can see that. But are you kidding me? If they don't take him at four, I think the Sharks, that they will have such regret for a long time. <laughs> Tyler Mulek says Chicago should take him. Mm-hmm. He also says best case would be the Capitals IMO. And a, a best case, if you're talking about a team that could maybe get him here as quick as possible, because you know Ovi's got pull over in Russia. Christopher Palmer agreed with you. He said San Jose will do it simple. Greer will do the right thing. I think Greer is probably leaning towards a college guy. That seems to be the direction they want to go. It's the direction they went with their head coaching hire as well. Um, Taves Edmonton said a Mitchkov Bedard rivalry like sit in Ovi would be awesome for the NHL. Yes. That, those kind of storylines are great. Oh, they are 100%. And so then that's why Anaheim, you know, you, mm-hmm. then you have two teams in the West, not mm-hmm. in the same, uh, con- not in the same um, uh, division, but at least in the same conference. So um, I, I really am curious to see Mitchkov, uh, whoever takes him because I, there's not many draft picks that I get that I'm that high on yeah. to be honest. Cause it's hard. Yep. But man, I really like this player a lot. Uh, bag milk is in the chat again. Like I said, uh, I want to first off, make sure he sees clearly I'm drinking Voss like a fancy boy on my vacation. Um, also he says he has chocolate milk in his fridge and the best before date is today. How much chocolate milk is too much chocolate milk? How hard do you respect best before dates on products? I'm a hardcore. I see it and I'm like done garbage no no not at all i think it varies from from what depends on the product the product is um 
you know, yogurt can, can last a long time. I just smell it. So to me, it's all about like cottage cheese is the one that I will look at for sure. And then it's just all about smell and taste, but I don't like, like the milk cottage best cheese. before date. It's bag milk, right? First of all, it's great that you're still 10 and that you're drinking chocolate milk like my son is all the time. But a best before date on chocolate milk, like, come on. It's not to me. I wouldn't even consider that. It would be it would probably have to be at least five days before I'd be too concerned about chocolate milk. My thing is, I don't nose. I guess I'm just not as experienced. I don't trust my nose. I look at it. I go, you can just take a small taste. Like milk's pretty easy. You can tell if it's, if it's not good. Yeah. Right. Like I know some people are very, Oh, that's before date. It's out. Um, that's just a guideline people. So Uh, guideline live on the edge of it. Tyler Mulek says it's a best before not discard after, which is a, I guess a good way to do it. Uh, yes. Bag milk. You're not a big boss unless you've got that Voss. And that's a big bottle of Voss as well that I've just been refilling consistently in, uh, in my hotel room. I do that on these things. I just buy a reusable water bottle at the airport. First thing I do, buy one, and I just refill it throughout the whole trip. Why don't you just have like a metal one and just bring it? Because then it's too heavy. I'll show you my water bottle. There's no (laughs) chance. Give me that thing. It doesn't weigh any more than mine. It's too heavy. Mix in a weight. Yeah, I know. But I just mean like, you know, in my bags and stuff, and then you clunk it around. Then what if you lose it in a foreign city and then you can never get it back? I just (laughs) like the convenience of... uh, but you buy a different one every time. Yeah, I just buy. Why not just one? keep this then? I, I, are the plastics good for you? I don't know. Well, that's why I don't have plastic. I have metal. <laughs> that's a good point. I guess I can't have the best of both worlds. Uh, what's your prediction on the next thing we see here? I know the top five on Frank's trade targets board. I think we have that up potentially. AB, or we can throw that up on the screen here for people to see. Hayes is off. PLD, we're going to say is off. So that's one in three off the board. If you had to take a stab, Greg's, which one of these do you think comes off next? Oof. Hellebuck, Shifley, Debrinkat. Like, I, we haven't heard anything on Shifley. It's been very quiet. Nothing. Right? Um, Hellebuck, which I would love if we got, like, the new hook deal came out of nowhere, but that's a small trade. It just feels like, you know, with some of these guys, Dubois, Hayes, we heard the rumblings for so long that when the trade happens, it's kind of like, eh. Okay, it happened. I would love to be just totally stunned with something like a Shifley move. Because you look at Shifley, if, if he's traded tomorrow, I'm assuming it's to a team like the Brinkat last year, right? Like he, he was traded for the seventh overall pick. Yeah. So you, you start to look at teams in that range, right? The Detroit Red Wings are the one team when I look at to say, I, like Steve Eiserman. At one, at some point, you want to see improvement in Detroit. They they've had yep. improvement, but look at Buffalo, look at Ottawa. They're all kind of similar improving. And Detroit, you could argue, was maybe slightly below them. So, are they ready to take a step and for Steve Eisenman to say, you know what, I'm going to unload this ninth overall pick. We don't need because the ninth overall pick really isn't helping you for three years, mm-hmm. which is funny. Because people don't want to draft Michkov because he's not helping you for three years, even though so many guys will go back to junior for two years. It's hilarious. But I look at the Detroit Red Wings, and when they're on the clock, if there's – because look at their center depth. Yeah. That's a team to me that makes a lot of sense for Mark Shrifley. Looking at uh, 6 through 10, Kuznetsov, Carlson, Hannafin, Gibson, who is another name. Like, the goalie market's just yeah. kind of weird if, right if now. If Hellebuck's not getting a lot of interest, Johnny Gibson yeah. ain't getting much That is a good point. Uh, the chat is, or it was buzzing a little bit earlier on, because they didn't get a chance to see Liam today. And I promised you'd get a chance to see Liam. Why? What happened to 
Uh, he's just chilling. He's uh, he's back at the other sports closet studio, hanging out. Hello, Gregor, do it today. I'm good. He's just been interacting. I thought he was, just, thought he was combing his mustache. It is. <laughs> That's a Wednesday activity, not a Tuesday activity. Uh, okay, yeah, it's Wednesday. Uh, Liam, you looked at that top ten from Frank Cervalli. Give me a name who you want to see moved in the next couple of days. Who's the most intriguing? Uh. <sighs> I guess Connor Hellebuck is the most intriguing because we it's just such a weird market, like you guys said. Didn't Pierre Dorian come out today too and say it seems very unlikely that Ottawa will get back in the first round? So that seems like the Brinkett isn't going to get moved anytime soon either. Like Unless they're looking for a player for him, but that wouldn't really make sense. I think, yeah. just, I think they're going to take Debrinkat to to club uh, elected arbitration, and uh, which would mean you have to offer him 85%, which is about, yeah. uh, what's that, 7.7, maybe seven and a half, somewhere around there. Yeah. Um, that's a much more manageable number. Yeah, it is. And you know what? Like when you see what Kevin Hayes got, which is nothing, virtually nothing. Yeah. Why, if you're Ottawa, you don't have to trade to Brinkat. And I think you might want to say, hey, let's kind of see how things go here. Because um, I think right now you're probably trading him at a lower value than mm-hmm. what you think he's worth. Yeah, I think there's a couple of teams who are maybe starting to see that, oh, the pieces we have aren't as valuable. I think, Liam, you touched on it. I think Hellebuck might be one of them. But the tough part for the Jets is there's no sense in bringing him back. And it's not like he's one of those guys where it makes sense to hold on to him until the deadline either. Like, I looked at Calgary and I was like, okay, Backland, let's say that name. Even Lindholm to an extent. If you held on to them until the deadline... And you're out of it if you're Calgary, you're still going to get a haul. You're going to get a first for Lindholm plus Backland. Playoff teams would like to add Backland. Hellebuck, I don't know. I think the best time to trade him is now. And you might just need to gulp and go, we're going to take the best offer we can get. Yeah. You're you're Winnipeg. I I would if you're not getting a good v- market value on Hellebuck in the summer, I'm not trading him. I I can go to, hold on to him? I, I I hold on to him because I believe teams right now around they're like everybody's a, a little bit more. Wow, we we got some weaknesses, but geez, I think if this happens, they convince things will be okay. Now you get into January and February, and all of a sudden you're like, man, our team's pretty good, but geez, we really need a goalie. And you know what? We're close. If we get a goalie that's pushing us over the finish line, I think emo- your emotional state is heightened during the season as a GM. And so teams all of a sudden now would be like, man, Hellebuck, okay, expiring contracts, UFA. Like teams will give up lots for a defenseman mm-hmm. on a one year run or a center. We know goalies are pretty important. Why wouldn't you? So I think Hellebuck's the one guy that I would not be rushing into trade right now. Um, and the goalie market, unfortunately, for teams that trade goalies, Ty, like think of the last time a goalie got a real huge return. Been a like Flurry won the Vesna and got shipped out for nothing. <laughs> yes, yeah, like it just goalie trades. How can can you think of a time? Oh, we traded this goalie, man. We got a really good haul yeah. in return. Like it just doesn't happen. I, I have to go back and look at goalie trades, but I can't off the top of my head. I don't think one. Like I think a lot of oh geez, I got a lot of picks for this guy and this guy, yeah. but. You know, you don't get that for goaltenders, which is which is odd. But it's just teams, for whatever reason in trades, they don't feel the need to, oh, they'll overpay for other positions, mm-hmm. right? 
but goaltenders, it just hasn't been that way. Like go through it. So I think Winnipeg's never going to get a huge return on Hellebuck, unfortunately, but I think you'd have a better chance during the season when you have some, some, some competitive teams who feel like, you know what, this guy, this could push us over the top. Uh, Do you think also too, that maybe Winnipeg would want to wait to trade him until they trade everybody else to know exactly what maybe they would want in return and what they already have? Yeah, that's a good point too. Like if they get roster players back from LA in the Dubois deal, maybe they get a first back in the Shifley deal. Maybe their asking price for Hellebuck could change based on how big of a haul they get for some other pieces. Blake Wheeler's the other name in Winnipeg. The buyout window, for those wondering, closes on Friday, which means you'd have to be on waivers by Thursday as well. So by day two of the draft, we should know if there are any other buyouts going on around. The and Ken Holland today uh, did admit that he's, you know, and, and obviously the one that makes sense would be Kyler Yamamoto yeah. because it's one third of his contract and it's a 440, what it would be a cap hit of like 455 this year. And then uh 555, uh, 555,000 the following year. So it's a big savings in cap space. Ideally they'd prefer to move them. So they get rid of all 3.1 million, but, and I think that trade still, Oiler fans, like, I, I think that's going to happen. I, re- I really do. Yeah. Um, now, a similar return on Kevin Hayes, maybe even less, to be honest. Maybe a seventh, maybe it might just be a futures, which in the NHL is a polite way of saying nothing. <laughs> but um, so I, I still think that's, that's kind of like the first move for the Edmonton Oilers. Uh, Aaron, if you could flash, could you flash up the top five again? I want to get Liam's uh, per, little matchmaker prediction before we uh, before we let him go. I love watching Aaron at the bottom, feverishly skipping through all the graphics to get to the one we want. Uh, okay, Dubois is going to LA. Give me your prediction on Hellebuck, Shifley, and Debrinka. Liam, one team for each. Go. Oh, man. Well, my Shifley prediction was Colorado until they went and got Ryan Johansson. So that one's not going to work. Uh, Debrinka, I'll just say Detroit. It kind of just yeah. makes sense. He's from the area. They need some scoring. Hellebuck, honestly, I'm not going to give one on Hellebuck, which is super lame, but I just don't think he gets made until close to the deadline. So that just kind of will dictate that. And then Mark right. Shifley. Oh, boy. Um, what about Boston? Yeah, the Boston Bruins, that was kind of what I was thinking too. Like, if they don't have Bergeron and Krejci and then. Ryan O'Reilly doesn't make out like it makes a little bit of sense for him to go there. Yeah. All right, Liam. Well, you're back at home in the mm-hmm. studio. The mustache looks great. New episode of Oilers Nation Radio going to be dropping this afternoon as well for everyone who wants some additional Oilers talk on a, a Tuesday afternoon. So you enjoy that big guy. I will see you guys later. Enjoy the hey. hot chicken. Yeah, sportscloset.ca. And if you go to one of their three locations, Edmonton, or sorry, Kingsway Mall, Sherd Park Mall, St. Albert Mall. You can try on Nation Gear. They have Nation Gear in the store. So if you've always wanted to check out some Nation Gear, that fire truck is like right outside our hotel. That is very loud and distracting. See, I'm the like thing a dog. About Boston is what do they have to trade? Because right? I was, you look at, you know, they don't have a lot of guys signed, yeah. right? They got a bunch of, uh, you know, Bertuzzi's UFA, Garn Hathaway's UFA, Krejci, Bergeron, Nosek. They're all UFAs. Mm-hmm. I think they've only got like six or seven forwards, right? Yeah. I don't think, you know, and Trent Frederick, by the way, I'm now, Maybe the, like they qualify him because mm-hmm. if you qualify him, he's getting a big race. There's no question about that. Yeah. Um, you know, they got Coil, Pavel Zaka, like, you know, they don't they don't have a ton of guys signed in, in Boston other yeah. than the blue liner. So could and Winnipeg, I think they need help on the back end. Um is there a trade like would would Brandon Carlo be a centerpiece for a deal for Mark Shifley? Because he would have to be, right? Like yeah. You've got to give up something and they don't really have any forwards to offer. Yeah. Although I'll say this, 
What about Jerry, Jeremy Swayman? If you're dealing Hellebuck, Swayman can go to Winnipeg. Swayman and Carlo for Hellebuck, or sorry, mm. Swayman and Carlo for Shifley. Is that maybe too much? Right, like that's, yeah. that's interesting. you know, it's Shifley's a really good player. Yeah. All right. I, I think, and when you, when you look at the return, like if I'm Kevin Shevel day off, I am not rushing into dealing Mark Shifley. I want to deal from a position of strength because yep. history tells us you can get a good return for a centerman. History tells us that mm-hmm. unless you want to be the Boston Bruins and don't tell anyone you're trading Joe Thornton and then you don't get it very much for him. <laughs> but everybody knows Shifley's out there. I think that's a guy that you could get good return for. But I'm still telling you the Detroit Red Wings on draft day, Ty, when they come up at number nine, I think Shifley to Detroit makes a lot of sense. Interesting. A good veteran to slide in there would would make a ton of sense. Lots of news today flying around the NHL. I'm sure we'll have a lot more to chew on tomorrow. Yourself and Frank are going to be doing an episode of the DFO Rundown in the morning. In the afternoon, we'll be back with this show again, noon mountain time, daily face off live at 10 a.m. mountain time as well. So we'll have you covered over here at daily face off and Oilers Nation for the night one of the NHL draft tomorrow night live from Nashville. All thanks to our friends at AMA Travel. Also, short for the giant, go test drive a car leads to a donation to a good cause, the Strathcona Community Hospital Foundation. Uh, Betway for the other sports report and sports closet for the sports closet studio. Jason Greger's appearance on the show. And he'll be back tomorrow and he'll be back on Thursday. That's brought to you by the Brick and Papa John's. How about this? Producer Aaron Bordado used the promo code terrific while he was working and has a pizza coming for lunch. That's a smart man right there. 50% off, baby. How can you you pass that up? Like you owe it to yourself to do it. 50% off at papajohns.ca when you use the promo code terrific because it is terrific Tuesday and a terrific amount of trades today around the NHL. Great stuff. Subscribe to the YouTube, like the video before you close. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. We'll chat again tomorrow at noon Mountain Time. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.